Welcome to the Lingostown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. In this sermon, Pastor George preaches about how Jesus is the way. This sermon was originally preached on March 26, 2023 at Lingostown Life. Since you're not going to look up at the screens for anything today, there's a sermon outline in your bulletin. And if you don't have that, you can always pull out your... F- I'm going to give you permission if you, if you don't use your sermon outline. You can find the sermon outline on the Bible app, okay? And I'm not going to take the time to explain that today, but if you don't know where it is on there, ask me and I'll tell you later. But for now, we want to talk about... And Jesus' words in a very troubling moment to his disciples. We'll get into all of that in just a moment, but let me read, let me read the section which uh, gets us into what we're going to be talking about today. This is John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. So Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet. He's had the Passover meal with them. Um, he's told them that they're going to deny him. <laughs> It's a terrible time. And Jesus says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So uh, I need you to... uh, to, 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 to play with me for a moment. We're going to play a little game of Simon Says, okay? So stand up. Uh, 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 uh. Simon didn't say stand up. Uh-huh, yeah, all right. Simon says stand up. All right. Simon says take your right hand and pat the top of your head. All right, good job. Simon says rub your belly. And don't rub your head, but pat your head and rub your belly. See if you can do that. How court? And I can't do that anymore. Simon says, stop. Okay. Uh, Smile at the person standing beside you. Oh, very good. You didn't do that. All right. Simon says, smile at the person standing next to you. Oh, that's so sweet. All right. Uh, Let's see. Simon says, stand on your right leg only. Ooh. I had to do this in physical therapy. I have to get back in habit there. Simon says, stand on both legs. Okay. Simon says, stand on your left leg only. There you go. Put your right leg down. Oh, no, no, no. Simon says, put your right leg down. There you go. All right. Simon says, turn around in circles. Stop. 
Ah, I caught some of you. Simon says stop. Simon says congratulate the person next to you and you may be seated, okay? I just wanted to see y'all act like idiots, that's all, you know. No, 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 you were all very accommodating to me, and I appreciate that very much. Um, you know, following the leader isn't always easy, um, because when you have to follow someone, you have to pay close attention to the leader's words and their actions. Following the leader requires us to submit ourselves to the leader's direction, which means that we have to surrender our own direction to follow their direction. And following the leader is a challenge because first and foremost, you have to trust the leader. So thank you all. When you stood up, you trusted me, okay? Thank you, all right? But you also have to believe that the leader knows where they are going. And that means that you trust the leader to take you somewhere where you really may not want to go. Following the leader when you're playing a game is easy. It may be a little embarrassing from time to time, but it's easy, right? But identifying a leader to follow in the game of life is probably one of the most important decisions that you'll ever make. Jesus' invitation was very simple. His words were, follow me. He, he began with some fishermen. He said to Peter and John, to, or to Peter and Andrew and James and John, he said, he said, follow me. And they, they left everything and they chose to follow Jesus. He went on a little bit later and, and he found this tax collector. His name was Matthew. And, and Matthew had a very lucrative life. And Jesus said, come follow me. And Matthew's question wasn't, well, where are we going to stay? What are we going to eat? I mean, those would be all the kind of questions that I would ask somebody if they said, follow me. But Matthew, Matthew left behind the tax collector's booth and he followed, not knowing where he may end up. Jesus said, follow me to a rich young man one day. And that rich young man, as he conversed with Jesus, heard Jesus' invitation to follow. And Jesus said, but before you do, sell everything you have and then come follow me. The rich young ruler said, no, nah, not going to do that. And he chose not to follow Jesus. And for the last 2,000 years, the invitation from Jesus has been the same to every person come follow me, and some people have chosen to follow Jesus, and some people like that rich young ruler have said, no, no, I don't think so. I don't think so because that's too hard. It's too challenging. There's too much uncertainty, and can I really trust Jesus? Follow me. 
follow me. That was Jesus' challenge. And it's a challenge that he puts before each and every one of us today. Follow me. Now, in the passage we read, what could have been more challenging to to Jesus' disciples than what they had just heard. Jesus is going to die. Peter, who has been leader of this group, is going to deny Jesus. The room was troubled. I think it was more than troubled. I think that there were people who were starting to wonder, what is going to happen? What have I been following this man for? Because it doesn't appear that it's what I had wanted to happen. And so their hearts were troubled. And, and so, so Thomas asked Jesus the question. He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? How can we, how can we know the way? I mean, we often talk about Thomas as being a doubter, but I don't think that Thomas is so much a doubter as Thomas is a guy from Missouri. You know, Missouri, the show-me state. He just wants to see something. He wants, to, he wants an answer. He doesn't just want, you know, he doesn't just want to do something because somebody told him to do it. He wants to understand why. And so he asked Jesus, he says, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus gives him an answer. An answer that has continually confounded people down through the years. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. There are three distinct messages here in Jesus' words, but there is one message that you and I need to confront today. If we are going to experience the life of Jesus in the here and now, we must take up the way of Jesus and wed it to the truth of Jesus. To put it more simply, it's this equation. It is the way of Jesus plus the truth of Jesus that equals the life of Jesus. Say this with me one more time. The way of Jesus plus the truth of Jesus equals the life of Jesus. Now, unfortunately, as I mentioned in the opening of the service today, many, many people have missed the importance of the way of Jesus. Uh, A lot of people have stressed the the truth of this part of the equation, uh, and oftentimes, oftentimes putting in their own set of truth. But people have forgotten the way of Jesus. There are people today, and this has probably been going on for a long time, but, but people are more interested in the truth part than they are the way part. And, and part of what I mentioned earlier about this whole thing where we talk about inviting Jesus into our heart, you know, a lot of times people, people say, well, I've accepted Jesus into my heart simply because they wanted fire insurance. You know what I mean? They wanted to escape the burning flames of hell, and that's the only reason they invited Jesus in their heart. And after that, they just figured, well, then after that, I can live any way I want. I can do anything I want to do because I'm good. I'm good for the future. 
without really giving any thought to the here and the now. <coughs> the problem with inviting Jesus into your heart is that that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Follow me now so that you can learn my truth and experience my life. So what I want to challenge you to consider today is how important this total equation is for us to be disciples of Jesus. We can't just take one part of it. We have to take the equation as a whole. The way of Jesus plus the truth of Jesus equals the life of Jesus. And we're going to start by talking about the way of Jesus. See, being a disciple of Jesus is all about following Jesus. Okay? Jesus asked you, Jesus invited you to follow him. I appreciate something I read this week. It, 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 this is the quote, and again, if you have your... Oh, the screens are working. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's up higher on the screen. Look what it says. It says... See how oblivious I am to what's going on around me. If we go about asking Jesus into our hearts, then it becomes easy for Jesus to become a character in the one-act play called Me. That, that should make you go, ouch. Because you see, this is, this, is the th this is the whole direction thing that I'm talking about. We want to invite Jesus to follow us. You come and live in my heart, and I'll just carry you wherever I'm going. Is that what Jesus said? No. Jesus said, come, follow me. I, I hate to tell you this, but none of our lives are that important that Jesus needs to come and live in us. Are you following what I'm saying this morning? I hope you're following what I'm saying. If not, just hold on. You're going to get it all. If we go about asking Jesus into our hearts, it becomes easy for Jesus to become a character in the one-act play called me. So I think one of the challenges for us living in this day and age is that, is that we think that we invite Jesus to follow us, but as this quote goes on to say, a better way of talking about salvation is to talk about coming to Jesus and following him in order to walk in his ways by entering into his life. 
You see, the direction matters because it's not, it's not Jesus coming to us as much as it is us going to Jesus. And think about the disciples. The disciples were with Jesus so that they could follow him, and by following him, learn his rhythms to his life, to learn the practices that he engaged in, and to learn how to respond in the day-to-day experiences of life. And they didn't do it by themselves, they did it in community. That's why, that's why we have to choose to follow Jesus. That's why we have to respond to his invitation to follow him and not the other way around. One of the challenges that we face as disciples of Jesus is that we've chosen, we've chosen a, an opposite way. We, we've chosen what the, what the scriptures would refer to as the way of Babylon. We, we talked about this in, in the series on Revelation, that we've chosen Babylon. We've chosen this idea of politics and power and everything else over and against the way of Jesus. And the reality is there are people who are way more faithful in following their politics and everything that's associated with it than the way of Jesus. And the worst part is that so many people have tried to characterize that as Jesus' way. And the lie, the lie that we've believed is that Babylon would allow us to worship Jesus in our own way. But what Babylon doesn't want is for us to follow Jesus. And we have to decide who are we going to follow in this life? Who are we really going to follow? Practicing the way of Jesus in our daily life is something that has to happen intentionally. I'm going to come back to this again at the end today, but we have to make an intentional decision to follow Jesus. Yet you don't follow Jesus from a distance. And it's not enough just to know the truth of Jesus. There are a lot of people that know a lot of things about Jesus, but they don't know how to follow Jesus. And knowing the right thing doesn't necessarily equate to doing the right thing or becoming more like Jesus. If you believe that Jesus is the way, then you must walk out the way you must walk out the life of Jesus. You have to follow Jesus even when following Jesus puts you at odds with the rest of the world. You have to take the whole equation all together. You can't just believe the truth. You can't just experience the life. You have to walk the way of Jesus. I like the way the late Eugene Peterson put it. Eugene Peterson was a pastor. He was the guy who, who created the Message Bible. He says this, he says, the way of Jesus is the way that we practice and come to understand the truth of Jesus. 
living Jesus in our homes and workplaces with our friends and family. You see, we don't, we don't begin to internalize the truth of who Jesus is until we have to walk out what it means to follow Jesus in every area of our life. The way of Jesus is the way that we practice and come to understand the truth of Jesus, living Jesus in our homes and workplaces with our family and our friends. Now, the reality is we, we live in a day and age where, where Jesus as the truth gets a whole lot more airplay in our culture than does Jesus as the way. And there are those who believe that if you keep this big, long list of do's and don'ts, that's what identifies you as a Christian. But at the same time, there are a lot of those who are telling us that you have to keep all of these do's and don'ts and believe all of these truths, but they're missing walking the way of Jesus. And as Eugene Peterson tells us here, we come to understand the truth of Jesus by living out the way of Jesus in our everyday life. You see, you can sit here for an hour on Sunday morning, and I can pump you full of all sorts of truth, but it doesn't impact your life until you walk out the doors and you are met with the challenges of everyday life. Because it's when you are challenged about what you believe that you really become what you say you are. Think about this. In Jesus' day, the religious leaders we're caught up in trying to remember 613 commandments. If I asked you this morning to repeat the Ten Commandments, could you even do that? But think about this. In Jesus' day, there's 613 commandments that people want you to remember. Okay, They want you to know these 613 commandments, and these religious leaders are so caught up in keeping the little details of everyday life that they actually chastise Jesus and his disciples because they fail to keep all 613 commandments. See, they were interested in the truth, but not necessarily the way. And that's why Jesus challenged them time and time and time again. So how do you sum up the truth of Jesus? Well, just the way he did. Love one another. You know, if there's, if there's anything that I hope you will remember from the 17 years that I've been here as your pastor... It is that every week I told you the same thing. Love one another. Because for Jesus, that's what it was all about. He didn't, he didn't even bother with the loving God part because he knows that if you love one another, you'll love God. And see, this is where, this is where we are challenged. 
Because if you are going to practice the way of Jesus, everything flows through this one truth. Love one another. Love your spouse. Love your kids. Love your coworker. Love your neighbor. Yeah, that neighbor. You see, in every one of those situations, what we have to learn to ask is, what does love require of me? Pastor, what does it say about this in the Bible? Love one another. Well, it says right here, love one another. But can I love one another? Can't get any simpler than that, folks. That's the truth of Jesus, but you have to wed the truth of Jesus to the way of Jesus, and you don't walk the way of Jesus until you find yourself in everyday life, facing everyday challenges dealing with real, live human beings on the other end of that equation. What does love require of me? When we learn to wed the Jesus way and the Jesus truth, we will get the Jesus life. And so everybody says, what's the Jesus life, right? Well, simply put, it is walking in the way of Jesus while living the truth of Jesus. That's the Jesus life. It's living counter to the way the world wants us to live. You know, I've heard people, I've heard people so much this week talking about all the negativity in the world and just how, just how overwhelming the negativity is. And the worst part, it's just as bad in the church as it is in, in the rest of the culture. So, the Jesus life shouldn't be filled with so much negativity, should it? That's a rhetorical question you don't have to answer. A writer put it this way. The way of Jesus has been laid out for us in the Sermon on the Mount. It is the way of forgiveness, peace, and reconciling love. It is the radical way of truth, faithfulness, and loving your enemy, the way of prayer, faith, and self-giving love. We experience the Jesus life when we walk in the Jesus way. So the life of Jesus is literally our becoming more and more like Jesus as we interact with one another. In Jesus' day, there was a proverb that, that sort of went this way, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. It basically meant that you walk so closely with your rabbi that you are literally covered with the stuff that his feet kick up in front of you. So in Jesus' day, in Jesus' day, the, the rabbi, the teacher, he would walk 
And as he would walk, he would talk. And if you were a good disciple, you were as close as you could be because you wanted to hear everything the teacher said. And so you would be covered in the dust of your rabbi. How much dust has Jesus kicked up on your life recently? See, when we get dusty and dirty with Jesus, we're going to look different. We're going to sound different. We're going to act differently. We're going to be covered in the dust of our rabbi because we are following him so closely that we identify our life with his life. And here's something, here's what I, here's what I want you to remember from over at the beginning of this message. And I was talking about fire insurance, and some of you were like, huh? There are a lot of people who invite Jesus into their heart for the simple fact that they, they want to make sure that when they die, they go up instead of down. Well, you know what? If, if heaven was the outcome of inviting Jesus into our hearts, then why don't we all go to heaven as soon as we invite him in? Because I don't know about you, but I'd like to live a while. It's not about the glory of the by and by, up in the sky kind of thing. It's about what happens in the here and now. If you've ever prayed the Lord's Prayer, what do you say? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth. See, it's the here and now that Jesus wants to transform. Oh, we'll get to that part someday. But Jesus is interested in right now. So don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Be focused on what today is all about and how living like Jesus can happen now. If you want to know if you're living the Jesus life, just ask somebody, just ask somebody. Am I living the Jesus life? I go back to the nursery and ask my wife, I'd be ashamed of what she might say. Because I don't do it perfectly. And I don't expect any of you to do it perfectly either. I hope she'd say, he does a pretty good job most days. But there are some days. But see, that's where that's where the Jesus life gets lived out. At home, at work, at the ball field. 
what happens to transform us. Ask somebody near you. Not somebody who's going to give you a mushy answer. I mean, somebody who's going to give you the real answer. What's it like to be on the other side of me? If they're honest, you'll get a good idea what it's like to live the Jesus life. I'm going to close with some words from my seminary professor. I don't often quote my seminary professors. I hate to say this, most of them have passed on. (laughs) But uh, anyway, Dr. Robert Mulholland wrote a, a book about called The Invitation to a Journey. It's a road map for spiritual formation. Spiritual formation is a big word that we use to say that we're actually becoming more like Jesus. And he starts off this quote by saying this. He says, everyone is in a process of spiritual formation. Look at a person next to you and tell them, you're in the process of spiritual formation. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Now, ask them a question. Are you doing it intentionally or unintentionally? It matters. But let's get back to what he says here. Everyone is in a process of spiritual formation. Now, now he gets into the nitty-gritty. He says, every thought we hold, every decision we make, every action we take, every emotion we allow to shape our behavior, every response we make to the world around us, every relationship we enter into, every reaction we have toward the things that surround us and and impinge upon our lives, all these things. So what's he talking about here? Everyday, ordinary life. All of these things, little by little, are shaping us into some kind of being. Now, before we go to the next slide, this is the key. Go ahead. We are being shaped into either the wholeness of the image of Christ or a horribly destructive caricature of that image, destructive not only to ourselves, but to others. So who do you want to look like? Who do you want to look like? Do you want people to see Jesus in you? Or do you want to project the image of some horribly destructive caricature? It's made in those moments of everyday life. That's why it says everyone is in a process of spiritual formation. Every decision you make today, every thought that comes your way, every action that you take, it is going to form you. 
and it is either going to form you into the image of Jesus or into something else. And the question we must confront is whether we are intentionally engaged in the formula that Jesus gave to Thomas. The way of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, equals the life of Jesus. So when I started this morning, I made y'all stand up and do all sorts of strange gyrations because I was asking you to play follow the leader. Following the leader can be fun, it can be embarrassing, but the reality is all of us have to choose in this life who we are going to follow as our leader. And for some people, they may say following Jesus is too hard, too challenging, too uncertain, and can you really trust this guy named Jesus who I've never seen? Or am I willing to submit myself to Jesus' leadership? Am I willing to trust him? Am I willing to trust that he knows where we are going? And am I willing to trust that he's going to take me somewhere that maybe I don't want to go, but somewhere he knows where I need to go. The way of Jesus plus the truth of Jesus equals the life of Jesus. If we are intentionally following Jesus, if we are intentionally loving others, then not only will we experience the life of Jesus, but so will the people that we meet each day. Join me in a word of prayer. Thank you for joining us on the Linglestown Life Podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, Find out more on www.lingostownlife.org. God bless you, and may you go forth and love God and love others.